Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Bob, seeing humor and hope in a crazy world. And I'm Bob. And I'm Father Dave. And we're grateful that you are listening, watching, emailing. So DMing. Yes. Do you DM much? No. That's all right. Well, okay. Yes and no. Mm. My first thought when you said DMing was being a dungeon master and occasionally yes. But then I realized you're talking about something else. Is that like Facebook? Again, our worlds are so different. (laughs) It really is. The fact that you and I actually spend time together is just unbelievable. Do you know, do you see those things that they do on Instagram, this or that? You no. don't know that either. Okay, no. there you go. You and I should be, our life is this and that. Is I that mean, right? Yeah, it is. It is. It's just, we're unbelievable. Well, maybe we'll do that on no, Instagram. No, yeah, DMing is not Dungeons and Dragons. Is that Facebook? Uh, the, I think of it more with um, Instagram. Facebook is maybe Messenger, well, just direct messenger. We, we just know. text, right? Yeah, that's a really funny thing too, because sometimes you'll DM somebody or they'll DM me and they'll go, you know, maybe I could just have your phone number. It's like, well, what's the difference? <laughs> We're I mean, talking right yeah, now. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> what is it about that that, that would yeah. be more helpful than than what we're doing right here? So. Yeah, exactly. Well, we've been getting lots of great emails. And uh, those, those of you that have been listening to the podcast heard many episodes of Lament that why don't anybody email us? And then I realized I had the wrong password. Mm, so that um, I finally caught up to all the emails. <laughs> Praise did. God. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> and I was forwarding a ton of them. Uh, where were you? You were in Dallas. Uh, Dallas. Just probably your phone is like, bling, bling, yeah, yeah, bling. Yeah. Here's another one. Bling. Here's another one. Bling. Bob's got some time on his hands I do here. have some time on my hands. Well, it was exciting and it's really it a joy. It is actually they're really cool. Uh, absolute joy to get so many messages. I can't read all of them, but uh, Eva wrote... I heard about the podcast from Abiding Together, which Yay, is still Abiding Together. Thank you. Which is still my first love. Ooh. Oh, come on. All right. I I don't I don't blame her. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we trying to kid? But you guys are in my list of top five That's favorite excellent. podcasts. That's excellent. Yeah, I'm just really I wonder curious. how many she listens to. Yeah, I was wondering what the other three were though. Yeah, yeah. That's and true. usually, if you're top five, it means you're fifth, right? Yeah, because you could have said top three. And then you know where four. you are. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah okay. exactly. That's still not bad. No, there's, I'm happy. There's hundreds of thousands of podcasts. There are. We're in the top five. That's rocking. That's awesome. That's rocking. It has made me laugh out loud, which can be tough when I'm going on a run. Yes, that's true. And it's also gotten me through COVID and the election. So I, I work out to, I look forward to working out on Wednesdays because of your podcast. Uh, Gretchen, big Cleveland sports fans. Okay. We haven't talked about the Cavs. No, there's not a lot to talk about, but uh, pitchers and catchers have reported. So the Nationals' first game was yesterday, Ooh. and all is right in the world. Oh, it that's just great. Is, yeah. yeah, that's wonderful. Tight game. You know, you're just patronizing me. You don't like baseball. Wait a second. Pitchers and— Catchers. Yeah, those are like— They actually reported last week. Oh, okay. They usually come in a little bit earlier, and then some of the other players follow up when they get around to it. Gotcha. Yeah. That's really exciting. Your podcast brought me so much joy as I fold laundry, clean my house, paint my kitchen, and in general come up with all sorts of remodeling plans for my house while I'm all alone. And um, was also very excited about the Browns doing as well. This Sounds year. like you, Bob. You do a lot of housework like that. <laughs> I painted this weekend and it was like hours and hours. And it was just it a door literally frame. You painted like six inches, but that's great. But it looks great. I'm sure it does. I'll, I'll post it on Instagram. It's pretty exciting. Can't wait. It's a whole room dedicated to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nice. Yeah. 
as a millennial, this is from Christina. As a millennial, I'm very addicted to having background noise going on in my house That's all the time. That's what we are, brother. We are background noise. So for Lent this year, I gave up oh. any background oh. noise oh. other than oh, nice. religious podcasts or music. So we're still background where, where noise. Where do we fit in there? We are religious podcast background right. noise. It's been an extra challenge because I'm currently on maternity leave with my mm. firstborn child and home alone most of the day. So God glad I discovered her. your podcast. That's Brought a huge transition, right? Oh my gosh. First baby. Yeah. Yes. God bless her. Yeah. You're going to be a great mom. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, especially with all, and just to think this little child is listening to the dulcet town, sounds of our voice. Oh my gosh. How Hello, blessed. Baby. Boy or girl? Uh, it is a child. Bless that little baby. Okay. We're going to sing the baby a song. No, we're not. Just keep moving. We don't, we've got a lot to do. Keep moving. That would have been a great moment. Mm. Uh, listening to your podcast since week two. That's so just way. skip the first episode. It wasn't very good. And so has my wife. You guys are hilarious. Oh my goodness. You make me laugh every single time. And yes, you do have guys listening to the podcast. My funniest episode was where Father Dave <laughs> bought his own microphone. Ha ha ha. Don't let Father Dave buy the audio equipment. Did you get a new mic? Did we do this yet? Not yet. Father Dave is traveling and I have been texting. <laughs> I don't know where I've we now emailed people in marketing have. and communications. I am making sure as God is my witness, we will have a better microphone we'll see. for upcoming. We'll find out. Um, yeah. I really appreciate hearing our hope is in Jesus Christ and not in whoever or whatever's happening Amen. in DC. There's so much we can do in our families and communities to bring about life, hope, and hope versus being in a paralyzing state of worrying, which is out of our control. Amen. 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 And this is very exciting. This though. is this is like this, this is the is, coolest this moment. Is the best. Now, how many here. kids have you had named after you? A couple, actually. I know. Well, yeah. I, I have one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a few. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I only have one child named after me, and it's a it's a huge moment, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it to is. To be it's told, really cool. hey, we're naming this child after it's you. Kind of a little pressure. Like you think? Yeah. Like bit. don't screw up. Don't mess up. Yeah. It's like we're gonna change your name. We're gonna get a nickname for you. Yeah. So. No, when I found out a child was being named after me, I cried and I just thanked my wife. Here's a cool thing. I was named after the priest that married my parents. Okay. And then I've had Couples that I've married that named kids and stuff. No, that's really cool. cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, our podcast. Actually, just real quick. My oh. nephew is the full name is David Paul. So he's named totally after me. So he gets funny questions and stuff when he's at Catholic events. Is, his, like, is his last name Yeah, David Pavanka? Paul Pavanka. Yeah, David <laughs> Paul Pavanka. So he gets, he really does. He's like, are you, might you be related to Father Dave Pavanka? I might be, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm his I'm, son. I, yeah. <laughs> That would be bad. Yes, that would be. Yeah, yeah. that would be awkward. Yeah, yeah. Backward. Well, we have a baby named after our podcast. Those of you that listen, that those of you that watch can see this. They that hope is beautiful a long picture. Name. But I guess in Greek, okay. Zeta means little hope. That's awesome. And hearing the quote from Benedict and being a part of, uh, you know, listening to the podcast. I'll bet you Catching Foxes doesn't have a baby that's named right, after That's right, suckers. That's great. This is my child, abiding. Abiding, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. Zeta, that's fantastic. Yeah, so that's Things really cool. That, Many blessings. Where do you for, go uh, from there? I mean, where do we go, Bob? We're done. All right. I mean, well, a couple weeks listening. ago we had a we had a discount code yeah. and now we have a baby named after us. And I think we're peaking. <laughs> wow, that didn't, <laughs> didn't take a short run. <laughs> Not much of a peak. Anyway, many blessings. Thanks for all of you who are sharing your stories of hope and and naming children after the podcast. We're going to take full credit for that. Amen. And you can keep sharing with us at hope at franciscan.edu. Hope at franciscan.edu. Speaking of crappy microphones and travel. I'm leaving today. Oh, you're leaving today? Yeah. 
Oh, I th- wow. Yeah. On a jet plane. A long jet plane. I don't all right, so, know. All right. So here's the thing. That we, was a song for the baby, by we, the way. We've, we've, sing. we've been kind of holding this off because, uh, so I, I actually, it's really cool. Uh, Franciscan University has been working with the Archbishop in Erbil, Iraq, at helping establish a Catholic university. It was just amazing that he wants wow. to have a Catholic university there. So when it was announced that the Holy Father was going to go to Iraq, uh, a population, particularly a Christian population, that's just been decimated in the last 20 years, um, the Archbishop reached out to me and he asked if I would like to be his guest when the Holy Father comes. So I am leaving to Iraq. Wow. Now, one of the reasons that we haven't talked about this yet was because <laughs> when there was some media that was done last year about the whole, uh, the Archbishop in Iraq, and my mom texted me and she says, promise me you're not going to Iraq. <laughs> And I weaseled my way out of that uh, and didn't make any promises, but I knew I couldn't talk about it because, yeah, I hadn't talked you to had my to talk parents to your mom yet. First. Yeah, you know, and so, she's an avid listener of the podcast. Yeah, she is. She yeah. is. So uh, I called my dad last week. I said, "Hey, Dad, you know, I, this is a situation. I have the opportunity to go to Iraq, and why don't you talk to mom about it?" And my dad goes, "Are you sure? It's like well, you shouldn't do it." I know. I think she what you want to hear. <laughs> you were such so, a chicken. Well, I talked to my mom like two days later, and the first thing she says, "You're such a chicken. You're <laughs> such a chicken." So, but honestly, I'm just I'm really really excited. Uh, just a great opportunity to be there and again to support that church. Yeah, we 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 think about the struggles and difficulties that we have uh, as Catholic Christians, and, and those are real. We're going to actually talk about some of those later on today. But this is a church that has just been, mm. uh, is, they, they suspect something like 50% of the population of the Christian community in this area over the last 20 years. They've, they've either been martyred or they've left. They've just wow. uh, and come actually, a large Chaldean uh, population is in Detroit. So uh, we're going to go there myself and, and Dr. Kempton, who's our vice president of academic affairs, and, and Dr. Tiffany Borey, uh, who works actually a lot with this school. We're going to go, we're going to spend about five days there. So okay. our next podcast, and we'll, we'll hopefully I've got a decent mic. Uh, <laughs> our next podcast, I should be, if we can work it out and there's good Wi-Fi, uh, I'll be doing it uh, from Iraq. Having the visit with the Holy Father is Sunday. Okay. So, and, and just ask everyone to keep us in your prayers and Lord's Absolutely. blessing and grace on our, our time. But just a really, I think a very, in one sense, historical opportunity, the Holy Father going there. John Paul always wanted to go there, but because of circumstances and the cultural uh, struggles that was going or the things that were going on in the world right there, particularly with the wars in that area. Uh, so Pope Francis going there is just- Is a this really, the first time a Pope is going to yeah, Iraq? Yeah, then? yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he'll go to, we're going to be in Erbil, which is up north. And then the Holy Father is actually going to go on to Baghdad. So it's okay. just, it's- Yeah. It's a great, great blessing. Yeah. That's wonderful to be a part of it. And wonderful that Franciscan's able to help- uh, this this archbishop, that's, that's he is just crazy. so cool. He just has this desire to spread the faith. And, and he and I were talking, and he was saying that a good population of, the, of their students are Muslims because there just isn't very many Catholics. But he said it's just been a great blessing to witness to them, to honor their dignity as, as yeah. a person, right? They may not disagree, may disagree on faith. The two groups have, have struggled for many, many centuries, but... Uh, they're just doing a great job in, in, in evangelizing and witnessing them. So it's really, it's going to be a great opportunity. So I look forward to our next conversation, God willing. With good sound. Yeah. I just, I just don't want to be a companion. No, that's, that's why I'm glad I'm not going with you. Yeah. Well, and it's going to be like. You mean if you know, like, if yeah, like Pope Francis yeah, gets martyred if, 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 next yeah, to him. if it goes yeah. south, if yeah. it goes south. Be a companion. You know, it's going to be a companion. Well, now you know how I feel all the time. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah. Could be worse. 
I suppose. Anyway. No, but it is, I really would ask people to pray for What's the, the Archbishop's name? Warda. Warda. So let's, let's make a commitment, everyone, to pray for the ministry that Archbishop Warda is doing in Iraq for safety uh, during this time of the Holy Father's visit, blessings on everyone, and just this initiative of uh, this Catholic it's really, university really cool. it's really, just trying really to cool. evangelize uh, the, the people of Iraq and give them some strength and give them some hope. Amen. Yeah, praise Amen. God for that. That's great. Well, speaking of universities, uh, we have one here. We and do. We do. And um, actually, do you know how many, uh, do you know that we offer four different theology master's degrees That's, online? Yeah, of course. Of course you do, because you know everything. Yeah. Well, it was a rhetorical question, I guess, that they write for me. Um, we have a number of different master's degrees in theology, and we just encourage you to check them out. We have a, a, a degree that's really geared for somebody who doesn't have any background in theology and really just wants to get grounded in the faith. We have another degree for those that want to go on to doctoral studies. Uh, we have a degree in catechetics and evangelization. Uh, lots of different opportunities to learn more about your faith, no matter where you are or what your background is. There's always more to learn, and it's certainly something worth checking out. So to find out more about Franciscan University's Master of Theology programs, visit franciscan.edu. Again, that's franciscan.edu. Edu. And also just make sure you keep checking up on the Lent stuff that was uh, posted at franciscan.edu. Some great videos, some really beautiful reflections. Yeah. Uh, it's not too late to start catching up on some of that stuff. Uh, it's, been, it's, been a real, it's been a real gift. I know I've been blessed by those. Amen. Amen. Hope in our world. So, yeah, maybe it's not as crazy as Iraq, but it can be pretty darn crazy. It can be pretty crazy. Yeah. You know, in, in this— it, it's going to go to what we've been, what we're going to talk about, but also what I've just been praying and thinking about for quite a while now. And uh, Pope John Paul was St. John Paul was the first who began to talk about this post-Christian world, and, mm. and Pope Benedict spoke about it. Uh, and then Pope Francis has spoken a great deal about it. In fact, some of the very earliest comments that he made in his pontificate was this this sense that we we need to begin to think differently, that the world we live in is not a Christian culture. And, and we kind of go along and we're surprised. Like I just had lunch last week with just a wonderful uh, supporter of the university. And he was sh- saying that he realized how he feels so entitled. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when something happens, it goes against his faith, it goes against the church. It's like, how could they do this? And this sense of entitlement that he's grown up with. But those days are over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I And I teach that a lot with youth ministry. And it's usually something I try to brace adults for that work with young people. I mean, we are very much living in a post-Christian country, to be sure, a post-Christian culture. And uh, for young people, that's even more acute. I mean, they just have like nothing going on. I mean, really, there's there's no media. I mean, like when's the last time you even saw a church in a TV show? You know, like there's just, it's just a complete and total absence the Simpsons. of it. Is yeah. that right? I, and I just say no, that no, only because- No, no, the Simpsons have church that's in it. And, and oh, that's yeah. It. Oh, yeah, I, I, I say that is kind of a, one of the very few, but apparently, and I'm not a huge Simpsons fan, but I think you have. <laughs> yeah. But isn't that true? Doesn't- Yeah, no, they, the whole, they do. Yeah, 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 they've got, and well, of course, but that show's like 20 years old. So when they started 20 years ago- Is it still going? It's still going. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, it's still going. Yeah. Uh, but recently, there's really not much to see about stuff like that. And so- Bracing people, I mean, the young people are more acute to this reality than adults are. It's very much a post-Christian world, and you're right. You know, when things happen, uh, like, you know, this promotion of the Equity Act, for example, it's just a sign, you know, like, 
It's almost a what did we expect. Let's take a step back and okay. just catch people up. So yep. uh, the Equality Act has been something that uh, Congress has tried a couple of times to pass. Uh, and it's it's gone through Congress, but it hasn't gone through Senate. Um, actually, maybe it didn't make it through the Congress the first time because I think it was under the previous administration or the administration before Trump. But in essence, what it is is... Yeah, I'm trying to identify people who have same-sex attractions or transgendered, um, that whole uh, population of, of Americans, that uh, trying to give them equal access or seeing them as uh, a protected class. And that's kind of some language that the act uses. And But but the problem with it is, is it really isn't about equality. It's, it's really about putting one group above another. And it's and honestly, it's going to be Christians. It's going to be people of faith that are really going to be uh, in a bind with this act. Is there anything good about the act? Well, sure. Well, first off, the in, in Dr. Ryan Anderson. Do you know? If mm-hmm. you do, yep. So I don't know if you followed. He wrote a book, just a really a really good book called um, "When Harry Be- When Harry Became Sally." Yeah. And Amazon has taken that off. They don't allow that to be on Amazon anymore. So they won't let that book. And, and that's just that, that's another element of what's right. going on in our world, right? You can buy Mein Kampf uh, on Amazon, but you cannot buy his book because it's really critical of the whole transgender activist movement. Yeah. But one of the things that he says, and it's really important, and the bishops are saying this, I've got the letter in front of me from the bishops, is, is that the, the population, uh, and focusing a little bit more on the transgender population, is a group of people that are, that are struggling. Yeah. You know, and they're suffering and, and we need to be attentive to that. And we, we can't lose sight of that reality, right? The reality is that this is a human person in front of us who is loved by God, uh, who, who Jesus gave his life for, right? Right. So, so we can't forget that population of and people. transgender people have the highest rate of suicide. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, a it's, really significant issue. It is. And, yeah. and, and, and that's, there's so much that goes into this. Right. But, but, but what this act does is it wants to, to try to make sure that that population is not discriminated against, which is, is a good thing, discrimination like that, just because of that. But what it goes on to do is it discriminates against us. It discriminates against Catholics and it discriminates against Christians and it discriminates against, honestly, against men and women. It, it's, it's, when you take a look at it and break it down, it's, it discriminates against everyone and just kind of raises this group above everybody else. So it's not anymore that you just have to uh, – what, what, what we're being challenged to do is now agree with the way they think and the way that they want to move forward right. in, in this whole – I think this the, the activist agenda, and it's and it's ultimately destructive. Uh, so a simple example would be, uh, in in I've tried to focus. We did a statement on this from the university last week, how it's going to affect our students. So it could be possible with this uh, passing. Uh, it's already passed Congress. So if it passes Senate, and Biden says he'll sign it the day it passes. So this has been part of his agenda from the very beginning. Um, is that biological males? should be allowed to compete against biological females. Hmm. So if you've got a biological male who identifies himself as a female, that that individual, which is just, it's going to destroy women's sports. Right. It's just going to destroy women's sports. And it has in so many places that have legalized this. And then there's a lot of states that have made sure, you know, they've tried to put laws in place so this doesn't happen, but this would supersede those laws. Um, I'm sure we'll get to it, but the bishops have a great link on finding who you're, well, I guess, your congressman doesn't matter right now because it already passed the Congress, but you know who your who your uh, senator is. And so I filled that out and one of the one of my congressmen, I got an auto response back saying, 
thank you for your email. We noticed it was a, a autofill thing. So if you're really serious about this issue, please email me directly, which I thought was great. Right, right, you know, right, they're right, like, right. I'm not interested in people hitting buttons. So I did, I, I wrote a, you know, a long heartfelt email about my concerns with it and right. Women's sports, uh, biological males in female locker rooms. Like, you know, these are some significant issues going on. So let, and, let me just throw, oh, let me just finish yeah, this yeah, part. Yeah. So then, um, but there was this whole thing, like I had to put like what category it was in, you know, like, you know, just had a list of like 12 categories of economics and business and growth and other things. So I looked at it and I'm trying to figure out, well, what category does this fit in? And then it came to me, women's rights was one of the categories. And I clicked that because I said, this is, it is, you're absolutely right. This is an offense against you're women. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And, and the fact that the women's groups are not just just up in arms about this because it absolutely is. What it does is what they've been fighting for is 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 the the dignity of woman and what this it just erases it all. It's right. like a person just by self definition can say, okay, this is what I am. It and, and so here are a couple of things that the bishops pointed out that it does. Yeah, it, it punishes faith based charities and shelters, foster care agencies, um, so that we we don't have the ability to dictate how we go forward in that. Um. Organizations uh, that have to support uh, transgender transitioning or gender transitioning, individual cannot even speak out against it. Hmm. A, um, a licensed counselor can't speak out against it. And this is even with children. This is one of the things that's most frightening about it. Um, the other thing is there's a whole section in this act about calling uh, pregnancy equality. But in essence, what it's saying is that an individual can have an abortion up until the day before the baby is due and doctors are forced to, be, to have to do that. Girls and, and women being able to go and boys going to opposite uh, locker rooms, uh, expand government's definition of public places. This could be interesting, forcing universities to have open dorms. You just get to go to whatever dorm you identify as. Um, so yeah, I mean, so it just goes on. The, the, the other part that was just so troubling is in 1993, there was the Freedom of Restoration Act, really um, identifying religious freedom that we have. This provides um, individuals and groups no freedom in that so that you can't claim religious freedom. You have to be able to uh, – this this new act forces religious people uh, to abide by the new act. So it is – Scary. It's scary, it's, and it's another train wreck. And, and yeah, I, I think obviously as you stated, and it's important, is reach out to your, to your senator. I, so far it's gone – I think there was only four Republicans in the House that voted it. So it's just gone party line down the right. road. And yeah. It's such a tragedy, you know, especially as you look at – I mean, gosh, the, the litany of issues that's there. But a disregard for the beauty and the complementarity and the dignity of the male body and the female body. I mean, really, that's what happens when you're talking about, oh, if somebody just is, has a male body but they want to be in female sports, we'll just – let them like there's just differences between the body and you know sadly we just don't give that I mean especially with women you know like this almost sounds like chauvinist but the greatest thing about a female body is it can create life yeah. and that you know some people will be like oh you're just women are just for making babies it's like are you kidding me like the beauty and power of life what I mean we I was excited about Tom Brady went in the Super Bowl. Wow, a 42-year-old guy holding up the Lombardi Trophy for the seventh time. What a great and physical achievement and chucking it from it one boat to another. That was finest moment. But, you know, a woman holding a baby is a greater glory. Mm. I mean, it's a greater physical achievement. And the fact that we, 
don't see ourselves as St. John Paul talked about as embodied spirits. You know, it's part of, it's part of who we are. And, uh, so where do we find hope in this? Well, just, it was, I want just one last point on that. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember where I was. And they were talking about John Paul and he was saying that the greatest struggles in our time is anthropo- anthropological. Yeah. What is the human person? What makes the human person? What defines the human person? And all of these things that we've been talking about, uh, from abortion to uh, homosexuality to the transgender, it's all about the value and the dignity of the human person. And if we can begin to... The, the culture begins yeah. to kind of mess that up and, and confuse people on that. There's no end. I mean, I, I don't know where this, what's the end game is. What's this going to look like in 25 or 50 years? Yeah. Um, and it, and it proposes to be charitable, but it's a, it's that's a false absolutely right. charity. That's, and that's I mean, really that's, a good point. The Bob. language is so. The why, Equality why, Act. Who's why, against equality? Who's against discrimination? And you look at like, you know, the, what our church teaches, we shouldn't be discriminating. Yeah, no, no. You know, the catechism says it really clearly, you know? And so, I think it can be hard to navigate. Well, gosh, even my church says I shouldn't discriminate. And here's a bill about not discriminating. I'm, and Bob, but that's I'm, not what it is. I'm going to read this because it's from the bishops. And they did a really good job on this. They said, human dignity is central to, to what Catholics believe because every person is made in the image of God and should be treated accordingly with respect and compassion. This commitment is reflected in the church's charitable service to all people without regard to race, religion, or any other characteristic. It means we need to honor every person's right to gainful employment free of unjust discrimination and harassment and of the basic goods that need to live and thrive. It also means the people of differing beliefs should be respected. In this, we wholeheartedly support non-discrimination. But the Inequality Act, the Equality Act does not do that. Yeah, it I like how you call it the Inequality yeah, Act. Yeah, well, and that's, Freudian yeah, slip, yeah, Freudian but yeah slip. that's exactly what's right. going on. The bill represents um, opposition to the... Uh, to people of faith, opposition to women, opposition to biological sex and the role that it has in, in gender in our life. And so I remember when I was a student here, I took a class and it says all social engineering is preceded by verbal engineering. If we can begin to use language, well, the Equality Act, right? great name, great name, rather than the Anti-Religious Act, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's a great name. So, yeah. Where do we find hope in it? Um, <laughs> it's going to take us back exactly where I always go to, Bob. Uh, and that is that we're, it's, it's where we don't find hope. We don't find hope in our Congress and our Senate and yeah. in our president. So we find hope in the Lord and, 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 the Lord, but also specifically in this, in, in the teachings of the church as well, that, um, those are reflected in, in, in the dignity of the human person and the value that the individual has. So that's where we find our hope in. But, and this is going to be something I think we'll just talk about coming down the road over the next many weeks and months, I suppose. We need to begin to live differently, mm-hmm. that, that, that we are accustomed to living into a Christian culture and things are just changing so quickly. The Catholic Christian has got to learn to, to live differently. And that doesn't mean we hide or it doesn't mean we run away. It doesn't right. mean that we isolate. Um, but that we've got to we've got to do it differently. The real power is love. Yeah, I mean, it sounds almost cliche and like a Huey Lewis song, but the the power Actually, of love. Is. Yeah, it's a curious thing. Making one man weak, make yeah. another man sing. Okay, okay. Um, but that's really what it. You know, I, I was reflecting on on this situation, and you know, the the greatest power we have is the love of Jesus Christ. You know, Amen. poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, and one natural reaction to things like this is fear and anger and hatred. And we want to, you know, fight fire with fire. We want to fight anger with anger. We want to fight 
hate with hate. Yeah. And I think that's the worldly temptation that the enemy would like to stir us up to hate Democrats and to hate those pe- people, those people, they are, transgender, they are, right? you know, the, the agenda, hate, blah, blah, blah. And when we do that, we lose the very power by which the world can be transformed, mm-hmm. which is loving even in the face of feeling discriminated against, loving even in the face of rights being taken away. And I don't know what's going to happen with this bill. Uh, you know, we all need to do our part. You, you, you need to write your senator, period. Your senators. Everybody mm-hmm. has two senators, mm-hmm. I guess. And just write them, you know, go to the USCCB website. You can read their statement. There's a link. If you don't know who your senator is, you can find that out. We all need to write. We all need to pray. And if this passes, we all need to accept the suffering and, again, not hide, not fall back. Mm -hmm. People, you know, if this passes, there are going to be uh, Christians, Catholics who are sent to jail because of this, you know, who are going to lose jobs because of this. And we need a faithful solidarity of love that we don't become embittered by it. I mean, truly love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. That, that could be the challenge that we're facing, if not with this, certainly with other things going on. And uh, we need to recognize that it's a post-Christian culture, but it's an opportunity for evangelization and a a time to shine even brighter than maybe we normally would. That's absolutely right. Is, is that in the midst of this, you know, I, adamantly disagree with this, but it doesn't mean that, that we can hate. It doesn't mean that we have right. to post horrible things about people, yeah. right? I, I can I can debate this as policy and debate this as bad practice and debate this on constitutional levels, but the people that we're dealing with, we can't forget that. The yeah. Lord loves them. Yeah. 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 Amen. Amen. So you have a plug. I do. And this is from one of our alumni, Monet. Do you oh, remember? yeah, of course, of yeah, course. She was, she's, uh, she's, she's, she's very sweet. Dynamite. She's a rock star. Yeah, absolutely. So she started a ministry called A Message of Hope. It's a Catholic ministry dedicated to providing pla- practical ways for high school and college students to live out their faith, morals, and identity. And boy, do we need that now. Uh, she has a website, um, AMH Lifestyles, which I assume is A Message of Hope Lifestyles, amhlifestyles.com where you can then navigate to their social media. They've got YouTube videos. They've got a lot of great resources, particularly those of you that might be working with young people. Uh, or if you are a young person just listening to this podcast, uh, check out our wonderful alum, Monet, at amhlifestyles.com. You know, just uh, in the light of that, Bob, and what we were talking about earlier, that's really important, that age group, that population of high school kids, even even earlier than that, to be able to begin to have a message like the, what, what Monet is trying to present, that everything that they're getting in public schools and unfortunately, honestly, sometimes in Catholic schools is all the stuff that we've been talking about this right. morning. Uh, and to be able to to be able to bring truth and light in the midst of that, that's that's fantastic. And it's fun to plug things like this because just to find people doing stuff. Yeah. Do stuff. Do you stuff. Know, make videos, do a website, do a podcast, uh, do a ministry, do a Bible study, do stuff. Yeah, just one little thing at a time ends up making a really huge difference. Amen. Because that's what hope's about, which brings us to today's... Hope's about. Well, here's scripture. the thing. All right, so Mass on Sunday, the second reading, depending on your church, some churches the are going to different... Sunday. Right, right, on Sunday. The third right. Sunday of Lent for those exactly. that don't listen to this in real time. Right. Uh, and 
some of you, I might, I think if you're going to a parish and they're having the scrutinies at the mass, so the people who are going through RCA, it's one of the steps in the process of them coming in. And that's for those that, if they have unbaptized people. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Great. Perfect. You know what the scripture is that day? Tell me. It's Romans. Brothers in Romans 8. I was going to say, excuse the, me, the Romans whole 5. Book, the whole letter yeah, of yeah, Romans. It's, it's a long all letter. We, we, we want those RCA Buckle people up, to learn everybody. a lot, yeah. right? You, you thought the passion narrative was long. Yeah. Brothers and sisters, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith to this grace by which we stand, and we boast in hope of the glory of God. And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Amen. It's, 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 uh, we boast of hope. Well, that's that's really funny because I was thinking line. about the you know hope does not disappoint, but I like that. Let's let's boast of hope. What does that mean to boast of hope? Yeah, I mean it means being it means being proud. You know, we we hope for what we do not see, and it's it's such a confidence in it. It reminds yeah. me of um, of Elijah on Mount Carmel. When he's, uh, you know, pouring maybe water. Maybe he's asleep. Maybe your God's asleep. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah you just he's pouring water on the altar. He's mocking the other. I mean, he is acting like this has already happened. Yeah, and with such great confidence that that was the first thought I had of like, what does boasting and hope look like? That's what it looks like. Just having so much confidence, not timidly like, oh, I hope your prophets don't do something. Okay, well, I'm really, I really hope my God does something, but maybe He's not. If He doesn't, there's probably a reason for it. No, right, he right. was just all on fire figuratively and then literally, literally. Uh, with the power of God because he had just such great just such great confidence that yeah. the Lord was going to provide. That's uh, Yeah, that's such a great image, this boasting. I just see yourself, right, standing up and it's like, you know, I know our God is who he, in the midst of all this stuff that we've talked about, I know our God is who he says he is. I know that we as human persons are who he says, not who we say, but who he says we are. Yeah. You know, this uh, the second reading on Sunday was, um, if God is for us, who can be against? And I went on this list, long list of who can be against. I'll tell you who can be against, right? <laughs> but but it was obviously prefaced by if God is for us, then none of that matters. So in the midst of everything that we've talked about today, uh, important topics, important things to pray about, important ways to become politically active. But when it's all said and done, we boast of the hope of the Lord because Jesus is Lord and there's nothing that anybody can do that's going to change that. Amen. And, and, and even when things... They're difficult. Even things are difficult. You know, we began the uh, we began this podcast with some hopeful emails, and this is another very hopeful email. It is, it is hopeful. That's fine. Um, yeah, it's a different, but it is hopeful. Yeah. So we got an email uh, mid January uh, from someone that was asking for our prayers, which we prayed. Um, it was uh, someone that's had a journey with infertility and said, "Right now, we have three babies in heaven and two healthy children here. The week of Christmas, we found out we're expecting number six. Uh, but things don't look encouraging. Baby's heartbeat is slow. Size is two weeks small. Anyway, so I reached out to her and I just asked, how is it going? How's the pregnancy going? Praying for you. And she wrote back, we found out in early February, our little fighter went to heaven. Everything about this miscarriage was emotionally intense. But I think since then, we've been blessed with a good amount of peace. Amen. And, uh, Amen. you know, sometimes that's all you can ask for. I mean, like the the prayers we pray, I mean, I've shared this before, you know, we had... Uh, uh, we had three miscarriages. I, I didn't realize until I, we got married and started having kids how kind of regular miscarriages can be when you have a big family. Sure, you sure. Know, it, it wasn't something I knew about. And it wasn't something anybody ever talked about when I was younger and growing up. 
And then I, I came to Franciscan and it was like the other extreme, you know, I would meet somebody and they'd say, how many kids do you have? And I'd say seven kids. And they'd be like, oh, and how many kids do you have? Well, we have five and four in heaven. And I want to be like, oh, I, I've got three in heaven. I've, I've got three in heaven. You know, like you almost don't know, you almost don't know what to say. But I think that witness, I mean, even just what she said is so beautiful. You know, like when she says, how many kids do you have? Well, she says three, three babies in heaven. Now she would say four babies in heaven and, and two, uh, two healthy children here and just recognizing, you know, I just need to think of that. I, you know, sometimes I say I have seven kids. I have 10 kids, yeah. you know, and, and that's a gift, but and suffering it, through that and sure. finding the hope in the face and of that. And I thought the way she said that was that God was present in the yeah. midst of it all. A good friend of ours, uh, Brendan Purgy, his brother just passed away and was buried actually last yeah, week. His older and, brother. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was, I mean, that was kind of close for me to go to that funeral, I must say. Um, but it was just beautiful witnessing to their family in a, in a, he was only 54 years old. Really difficult time. Yeah. But just the Lord's... Long-suffering yeah, cancer. Yeah, yeah. Diagnosed with cancer over two years ago. Um, but just the way the family witnessed to the grace of God and his presence and their love for the Lord and, and their love for one another, it was an awfully difficult funeral and it was filled with hope. Yeah. You know? So because those two things are never, never, never mutually exclusive. Yeah, because hope does not disappoint. Amen. I mean, I think that's the confidence that we can leave this podcast with. And the message for you listening, even if there are things in your life that are disappointing, to be sure, things that are sorrowful, to be sure, things that you're afraid of, um, hope does not disappoint. You know, the hope is in the resurrection. The hope is in Christ will come again. You know, the hope is in our salvation and the hope is in God that's present now in our midst, in the midst of our suffering. It's not just a hope like, well, this sucks, but when we die, everything is going to be fine. Right. It's in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our difficulty, um, Christ is Christ is present, Christ is here, Christ is loving us and inviting us to love him back in, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you want to close this with prayer? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Almighty God, we thank you for the hope that you have put into our hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would give us more hope, uh, fill our hearts with hope, fill our hearts with faith, fill our hearts with love. I particularly ask that you would be with anyone suffering, uh, whether the story we just shared or all of us who have different sufferings and challenges and difficulties, whether it be in this country or in Iraq or anywhere in the world, that you would free us from fear and give us faith. Uh, that you would free us from doubt and despair and give us hope, and particularly that you would turn our hearts away from anger or indifference, and that you would give us the gift of love, the love that was shown on the cross. Uh, for you so loved us that you gave your only Son so that through him we might not perish but have eternal life. Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus, give us your gifts, send your spirit, and may we know your faith, hope, and love. Amen. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you. Hey, safe travels. We'll be praying for you. And thank you for all of you listening. Join us next episode and see what kind of audio quality we get from Father Dave Pavanka's microphone. And please keep sharing stories of hope, uh, which you can email to us at hope at franciscan.edu, hope at franciscan.edu. Check out our website as well if you'd like to see more videos at franciscan.edu. God bless. God bless.